When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Welcome back in. It is another episode of 5th Avenue Faceoff. How are you, friends? Chris Mack and 93.7 The Fan with you. And don't forget, if you haven't already, do us the favor of making sure, and do yourself the favor of making sure you follow Fifth Avenue Face Off inside your Odyssey app. Best way to get the show as soon as it's ready, whenever we have a new episode ready. During the regular season, that's going to be two, three times a week. During the off-season, uh, post-season, which the Penguins are involved in, and the off-season, uh, once a week, maybe twice, depending on uh, what's going on as events warrant. All you got to do, download your free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, and find Fifth Avenue Faceoff. That's not hard to do. You type in Fifth Avenue Faceoff, and then follow the podcast. It's a little little tick mark right up there in the upper right-hand corner of your Odyssey app, uh, or however you get your podcasts. Honestly, we, we, we're not picky. Uh, follow the show, subscribe, like, rate, review in iTunes and Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, However, Stitcher, you may get your podcast. Go ahead and join the fun with Fifth Avenue Faceoff. I think you're going to really like today's episode. We got Eddie Olchick of the NHL on TNT, of course, 1994 Stanley Cup champ with the New York Rangers and former Penguins color commentator as well. And don't forget his stint as head coach as well. So plenty to talk about with Edzo today, including well, what he thinks as as we record this, as we get ready to perhaps wrap up the Stanley Cup final between Vegas and Florida, we will have a first-time Stanley Cup champ, regardless of who wins the series. Vegas up three games to one on Florida as they get ready to play a game five. Uh, what we've learned from this postseason and how it may affect the Pittsburgh Penguins, what Kyle Dubas's checklist should look like uh, as the draft quickly approaches and then free agency. And we'll look back at his experiences, both on the ice, uh, in the booth, and behind the bench. So with no further ado. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. There he is, live from Las Vegas, the legend himself, <laughs> Edzo, Eddie Olchik. Uh, Eddie, I know that the off days are few and far between that don't involve travel these days, so thanks for making the time. We appreciate it. Uh, Chris, always great to see you, and uh, it's nice to uh, nice to be on with you. And when you're sitting there saying live from Las Vegas, uh, you know, I was waiting for a, uh, you know, Five Show minutes, girls. five minutes, five minutes, Sinatra, five minutes, five minutes, you know, 
this oh, is yeah, the part yeah. where this is the part where Dean Martin stumbles out and offers everybody a drink. Yeah, um, the old Rat Pack, exactly. So good to be with you. I hope you're doing well in the family as well. No, we're doing well. Thanks for for asking. And uh, before we get into everything, and and I want to ask you some some Penguin specific stuff sure. later. What maybe we've learned from this postseason and this Cup final in particular. Um, I just want to say because I've talked with lots of people about this over the last year, year plus since Turner got the rights or half the rights to the NHL package. Um, The job specifically you and Kenny and Panger and Jackie have done on the last couple of weeks of action, the job Turner has done the studio show, in my opinion, is the best thing in hockey right now. Um, I just want to say that nobody quite knew what to expect when ESPN and Turner split the rights a little over a year ago but you guys have hit the ground running and it's only gotten better. So pass it along to everyone at Turner to Kenny. Like I said, Darren, Jackie, and everyone in the studio team as well. You guys are doing a phenomenal job covering this. Well, we, you know, I appreciate that, Chris. And uh, you know, the, the, the long lasting uh, relationship with uh, ESPN and TNT because of the NBA package. Right. Mm -hmm. And they've had, uh, you know, the working relationship and the, and a shared uh, um, venture together to put on NBA. And then this year, last couple of years, I guess I should say, you know, for us on hockey and, uh, you know, a lot of familiar faces on our side, a lot of chemistry, you know, working together, you know, myself and, and Keith Jones in the studio. And yeah. then we got Jonesy out of the studio for a couple of years. And next thing you know, he's president of the Philadelphia Flyers on <laughs> the hockey operations department. So, you know, and then working with Kenny, as I have over the years. And, uh, it's been, uh, it's been a smooth transition. I mean, change is always scary. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, what line of work it is, or, you know, you pack up and move as a family. I mean, there is some, there is pause for cause every once in a while, but I think once we got into it, we just kind of got into a rhythm and, you know, it's, it's fun. You know, I don't think we take ourselves too seriously. At least I don't, I, I think I like the think that I do the games with humility if I humility and if I make a mistake I you know give a minus one on old check again and then we and then you move <laughs> on you know I, I think fans appreciate honesty and opinion yeah. and humility and uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun look at the end of the day I think we all know is that the majority of the great hockey fans regardless if your team is involved or not you know they're there to you know they're there to watch the games and we're there to entertain them and, and hopefully teach them a little bit but at the end of the day, we want, and I learned this from the great Doc Emmerich, is that when I'm in the, I'm doing the games or in the booth, is that we're there to tell the story, not be the story. And I think sometimes in a lot of different situations, uh, people like to become the story, and then it just, you know, it, it loses its luster. So appreciate the kind words, and hopefully we're going to be able to finish up strong here, whether it's in Game Five in Vegas or we get back on a plane again and head uh, back to Florida and see a game six, but uh, it's, it's always fun to be a part of the Stanley cup final. Yeah. For everybody, for those that are just jumping on board late in the season, Tuesday night, depending on when you're listening to this episode of fifth Avenue face off Tuesday night in Vegas face off just after eight o'clock on TNT. And as Eddie mentioned there, uh, if there's a game six Friday in sunrise, it'll be on TNT as well. And if there's a game seven, if the Panthers can push it that far, It'll be uh, Monday the 19th from Hey, Vegas. Chris, Chris, I got to say this. Like, I mean, I, I got to just let everybody know, like, 
it's been really, really tough to be in Vegas for the first couple of games and be here for six days and then fly yeah. all the way to Florida and get a little horse racing in between at Gulfstream Park with yeah. had a group of 30 of us in between games two, uh, three and four and then fly all the way back to Vegas for another three days. Like, you know, somebody's got to do it. And yep. you know, I, yep. I guess I guess both my hands have been up on this uh, on this matchup and. <laughs> You know, I, I'm gonna need. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna need a vacation from the from last your vacation. couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, that's uh, why we so, love you, Enzo. Yeah, that yeah, hard hat yeah. mentality. You take yeah. your lunch pail to Vegas yeah. and Florida yeah. with you. Yeah, that's about <laughs> yeah, all I have yeah. left. That's about all I have left right now. Just for the full disclosure. <laughs> um, well, let's before we get into what we take away from this postseason and this series specifically, yeah. and, and your thoughts on the Penguins and where they're headed now that Kyle Dubas is in charge. I want to go back a little bit. And for the younger crowd, I want to remind them of what it was like. I mean, I can't believe it's been 20 years, but it's been 20 years since that spring summer of 2003 when yeah. you made the jump from the booth next to Mike Lang and Fox Sports yeah. Pittsburgh to behind the bench. Yeah. Um, and just what that was like to make that jump. You talk about how hard change can be, but how you need to be ready to embrace it and, and take it for what it's worth. Just what was that like, especially given the state the franchise was in at that point, the state yeah. the league was in, really? Yeah. I mean, I had been uh, the legendary Mike Lang's partner for uh, two years. And then that third year, just started thinking about, you know, maybe there was going to be an opportunity that uh, to get into coaching. And look, at it, flat out, when I went in and interviewed with, with Craig Patrick and then eventually, obviously, with Mario, I went in to apply for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton job in the American Hockey League because we had no coaches in the organization, period. We had nothing in Wheeling. We had nothing in at the NHL level, and we had nothing in the American Hockey League. So when I went in, uh, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to go to Wilkes-Barre. Like, that was my goal is that the interview process, and that's what it was. And next thing you know, the second call came from Craig, and, you know, I had known Craig for, you know, for a long time. I mean, 20-some yeah. years when he was with the Olympic team in 1980, and then eventually in the National Hockey League. And, you know, and I think that they were looking at it as, okay, well, you know, we're going to start re a rebuild here and we're going to get rid of anybody that had any marketability and, and trade value. And, and we were going to start from scratch and it was going to be a way to build for five years down the road. And uh, I, I look back and, and I know that it made me a better hockey person. I know it made me a better broadcaster you know, was I disappointed I wasn't able to see it through? Yeah, absolutely. Is there still a part of me inside of me that uh, would love another crack at some sort of a, a of a hockey position? 100%. But I think in, in that situation, it was built through the draft. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what we did, right? We we had the third overall pick back there in, in that draft in, in, uh, in, in 03, or the 03, 04 season. And, you know, we moved from third to first. We got the flower. We had no goalies. And then the next draft uh, was us in Washington, right? It was Ovi mm -hmm. and, and Gino. It was uh, Ovechkin and Malkin. And we ended up getting the second pick. And we had no centers in the organization. So we got Gino. <laughs> so we were building it the right way after moving a lot of our assets out. And I learned so much about the game, so much about the business, so much about the management part. And then the next year we had the work stoppage. And I always look back and wonder, like, what would have happened if we would have played and not had the whole – season be uh, you know be canceled and next thing you know it's it's us in anaheim with the you know with uh, you know in the so-called lottery and and 
it's us and them and uh, Sid's on the table. And all of a sudden you go flower, you go Gino and then right. you got Sid, the kid. Right. So you look at what happened and how it kind of all, you know, kind of all went down. So our plan was uh, aborted. It was <laughs> expedited once we got Sid. And next thing you know, we were spending money, you know, and in, in getting free agents and bringing mm-hmm. in guys like Ziggy Palfi and Sergey Gonchar. And, you know, I could just go on and on. John LeClaire. Right. Um, so, you know, when I look back at that and just see the plan and then how quickly things changed is that I know we did it the right way. And I look at full disclosure, and I've said this publicly, so I'm not stepping out of line here. It's like, I wish we would have been a little bit more patient yeah. when we got Sid. Um, but we did it and, and things ended up working out quite well for the Penguins. And obviously the rest is history. So uh, look, at I would never trade it in for anything. Do I wish I would have had a chance to, you know, go to the minors instead? Looking back, you know, how would things be differently now? Yeah. You know, I guess it's always easy to say, but uh, I, I enjoyed the experience. I love Pittsburgh. I, I was there for what I was there three years as a broadcaster, just, you know, three years total calendar wise coaching. And then obviously I played there for less than three years. So I spent a lot of my time in the Berg. I love it. There would never trade in that experience. And uh, like I said, I think, um, I think I'm better. I'm a better hockey person having gone through that experience, both the positives and obviously the negatives. Part, I, I guess having that experience, like you said, and, and the 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 hope that maybe there would have been a little more patience, even though the the lottery ball bounced sure. away. Um, it, is that kind of what feeds or fuels maybe some of that desire that if something came about an opportunity now that you would be interested in it, like the opportunity to to get back at building something, especially? Yeah, I mean. Do I wake up every day and, and uh, you know, uh, you know, go on the World Wide Web thing and, and see what jobs are available around the league or in other, you know, in, in different levels, not only the National Hockey League? No, no, I don't. But, you know, I'm always talking to people and you're always hearing things and you communicate. And I've interviewed in a lot of different places and talked to people and some have gone very long and some haven't. And then that's OK. But, yeah, I think yeah, I, I think that does from kind of how things came to an end in Pittsburgh, Chris, is in, in coaching. I think there always is that desire to to want to be a part. I mean, I, I love working with young players. I, I, I enjoyed, you know, that part of it, you know, being in there, you know, correcting when things aren't going well and watching everybody enjoy the, you know, the, uh, the fruits and, and celebrations of when you're on the right side of it. And, you know, it's ultimately, you know, be, being a part of a team again. And I've been a part of a team with NBC forever, you know, 16 years and working with the people that I have. And then obviously now with TNT. So, um, you know, I, I just if something uh, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. If it doesn't, that's OK. I'm very much at peace. You know, I've been through a lot personally, as you know, with with my mm-hmm. battle with stage three colon cancer. Uh Hard to believe. I just hit my five-year anniversary, which is unbelievable. Where I've been. Congratulations, five years man. That's clean great to and hear. clear. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you you've we've all been struck by it, but you have as well in your family. And you know, I, I just think that it's uh, it, it's knowing where you were, where you are, and where you're trying to get to. And uh, if, if somebody is uh, is willing to chat, I'm certainly all ears and be willing to listen. But uh, I, I'm very much I, I'm very much at peace. I, I love what I do. 
I work for incredible people, not only on a national side, but also I made the big move last year uh, to uh, to do games in Seattle after being in Chicago yeah. for forever. And uh, I never thought that I would ever leave the Blackhawks or leave the booth in Chicago. But, you know, just sometimes uh, things happen and you make decisions and you keep your head up and proud of what you've accomplished and what you've done and you just forge ahead. So, um, but we'll, you know, we'll see if something happens. Great. If not, then, then that's okay. And I still talk to a lot of people, a lot of people still, uh, you know, value uh, kind of my thoughts behind the scenes. And, uh, you know, I'd like to, in a lot of these situations, I, I would prefer that, uh, you know, be able to be like an ostrich and go ahead and, and bury, uh, you know, bury everything in the sand and just kind of let things, you know, let things materialize as they, you know, uh, organically should. But the world we live in now, you know, just conversation and people knowing and, you know, it's it's just you just kind of deal with it. So um, I've enjoyed the processes I've been through. And again, you get to meet a lot of people and you never know, you know, maybe today is not the day, but who knows, maybe in, uh, you know, 730 days from now, somebody picks up the phone and goes, you know what, I want to rekindle what you know, what happened or what started and, and, and maybe it happens, but uh, I'm, I'm in a good place right now. You could tell me to buzz off, but I know Penguins fans will be mad I will, at me. I, I, it, will, I, I will tell you that I'm not, I am not discussing anything. Okay. With, yeah, no, I look at, I, I have too much respect for all the different people involved in processes and uh, you and know, I respect I, that. From yeah. You thank too, you. Thank so, you. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I figured that that might come up. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to respectfully get to it before you do and just say that, look at, I, I talked to a lot of people all the time and, uh, I, uh, I respect the process on both sides and I wish, you know, I wish everybody involved in a lot of different places that I've been associated with over the course of the last year, the best of luck. And, uh, I'll always be tied to Pittsburgh. That's for sure. I mean, there, there's no doubt that, uh, uh, like I said, with my ties as a coach and as a broadcaster and obviously as a player and somebody that I think tried to, re, uh, to uh, you know, carry the torch and, and yeah. represent is probably the word I'm looking for, uh, you know, represent uh, the city of Pittsburgh uh, with my ties there. I will continue to do that regardless of what I'm doing. And uh, I wish I always wish the Penguins the best of luck and I wish Kyle and his staff uh, the best of luck. And uh, it was very foreign. This uh, playoff run here to not have the uh, have the Penguinos in the uh, in the playoffs, but uh, hopefully they can figure it all out. And hey, look at it. it's tough. This is a tough league, Chris. This is uh, you know just get in. I mean, I think at the end of the day, this is what this is all about, is it not? Is like just get in because if you get in, you see what's happened not only in the NBA but also in the National Hockey League playoffs. Yeah, I mean, both the Miami teams, the the Heat and the Panthers, both. Uh, you know, a, a play in team yeah, in Miami's right. case and, and the Panthers getting in the final week of the season, just sneaking in. And, past and, the and, and I will say this, and I don't mean to interrupt you again. No, you're another, good. Another minus on Olchek, but like, think about <laughs> it. Like, like, think about it that week, the last week of the regular season, right? The, 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 the pens mm. they had like, right. It was right here. It was yeah. right. It was in their hands. Right. And here, and all of a sudden now you probably got to look, you know, you got to probably look and go, Holy geez. Like, like, I mean, it just happens. Like, it's just the reality where Florida gets in and they don't. And, you know, they like they Florida could easily be, you know, where the Penguins are right now. Well, I mean, yeah. And and, and the butterfly effect of that Blackhawks game yeah, at PPG. Right. right. And if that game doesn't go that way, the Penguins right. might be in the playoffs yeah, and the right. Blackhawks might not be the, the, the future home of Connor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't I mean, know. Right. And, it, and, and, what, and what happens in Florida and what happens right. in Florida? Right. With the massive trade and. 
you know, I think you look at Matthew Kachuk and, and you know, the legend of Matthew Kachuk continues <laughs> to grow. Um, but here's a guy that's done it in regular season, back-to-back 100-point seasons, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let's just call it what it is right now. People said, well, you know, this is an equal trade and, you know, let's let's see how it evolves. No, it, look, look at it. it. Florida won that trade hands down. It, it, like, it doesn't matter what happens moving forward. Jonathan Huberdeau and, and Mackenzie Weger, like, they, they didn't make the playoffs. Huberdo was complaining about Daryl Sutter, you know, and okay. So he didn't make the, he got knocked out. He got swept a year before when he was in Florida. So whose fault was it? You know, was it that? So at some point here, you got to take some responsibility, but right now, in my opinion, I don't think it's even close. The best player in that trade is Matthew Kachuk and will be regardless of what happens moving forward. But again, they were what this, this much, Chris, this much from missing a playoff close. And here they are. And they're this far away from winning the Stanley cup. So what have we learned through these playoffs, especially the cup final about what, you know, cause it's it, people say this all the time, but it's true in every major professional sports. Like it's true in college athletics, high level college athletics. Everything's a copycat league, copycat yeah. game. People are going to try and copy and replicate what Vegas has done, what Florida has done. I don't know how easily replicable either one of these blueprints is though. Vegas with the size that they have in front, but still the ability to skate Florida, the speed and the grit, but also the ability to to make things happen with their size from time to time. I mean, this, these are two highly, these are two very difficult things to duplicate. If you're yeah. looking to duplicate what the, the way Florida and Vegas have found success. Yeah. I mean, I think both teams have some heaviness to them. And mm-hmm. I think that that would probably be the thing to me is that um, the way the game is going and how, how large and in charge these, these athletes are now, Chris, um, you got to have it and you got to have it over a possibility of what quick math here, four series times seven, a 28 games. Like you might need it for 28 yeah. games and it might not just be 20, 18 skaters and two goalies as we've seen. Uh, you might need 25 or 26 guys. So depth on both these teams. Florida's a little different because I didn't think they were, I, you know, I think they're a good defensive team. I like a couple of their defensemen. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's the strength of their team, but they did find a way to get into the playoffs. And then Bob, who wasn't even, what was Sergey Bobrovsky wasn't even their right. goalie to start the playoffs. He catches fire and then he does what he does. And, and look at, if you get it, and Penguin fans seeing it right with Matt Murray. When, you know, when a guy gets on a when a guy gets on yeah. a heater, it don't matter. Like, and all of a sudden now, you know, Matt Murray, you know, Kyle Dubas trades for Matt Murray from Ottawa to Toronto because he's had a relationship with him, and and obviously that hasn't worked to the, hasn't worked to this point. So just sometimes, you know, the lightning in a bottle thing. But I, I would look at heaviness. And the ability, uh, you know, the transition game going from defense to offense, I think, is is where you talk about copycat. I think that that's such an important part uh, of these games. And look, take goaltending out of it, because if you don't get it, you're not winning. Let, let's let's right, call it right. what it is. You're not winning in a National Hockey League playoff. So I think, you know, heaviness, some size and the ability to transport the puck, whether it's individually or it's that quick transition game from D to offense. But the one thing I will, one thing, last thing I will say is that it is important. And I think both these coaches have done it. And Bruce Cassidy's done it pretty much since he got to Boston and now, and Paul Maurice has been around a thousand years and he's, you know, done it in different areas is that the man behind the bench, the coach, the coach is behind the bench 
you have to be able to change. You have to be able to adapt. Yeah. Not only on the fly, but in in season as well. And that to me in a series as well, you need to be able to it just can't be the same stylistically or the uh schematics. It's got you gotta be able to change and adapt. And I think we've seen that with both of these coaches in this playoff run. So do you think we've seen enough of that from Sully, Mike Sullivan over the last couple of years? Because we all know that his preference is to have speedy defensemen, great puck handlers who can carry the puck out of the zone and create their own transition offense. You you alluded to that earlier transition offense. Um, But in this league now with the size and the speed that most teams have, it can be difficult to carry your own transition offense out of your own zone through the neutral and then maintain possession into the offensive zone. It's become, I'm not going to call it dump and chase, but it's become much more about puck retrieval or as much about puck retrieval as puck possession. Um, Have you seen Mike Sullivan sort of ride that wave as things transition? Oh, I I do. I mean, I I think especially when you have the depth that he has had, and again, past tense, that he has Mm -hmm. had, and when he has had the ultimate success, and, and Sully is one of the elite coaches in the National Hockey League. And I think that when you look at the moves that, you know, Ronnie Hextall and, and Brian Burke had made, and Sully too, he had a voice of, of getting a little bit more, I think the word he used was heaviness on the back end. When you look at the transformation from, you know, two regular seasons ago to last year. Now, unfortunately, you know, when you get guys banged up and, you know, it, you know just you can't, you know, you can't control a lot of that. But you know, he, yes, he does have that ability, you know, could there be more change? You know, you can look at it, right? Like it's been a while since, you know, since the Penguins have been able to, to go on a run. So, you know, I think anything, you, you know, yeah, you, you look at everything, you look at anything is, you know, how can we, you know, how can we take that next step? How can we get back to where we are? And even when you get guys that are a little bit older, Chris, and, you know, but you know, the depth part of it, um, for me is, is when, when I look at what's gone on in Pittsburgh here the last couple of years, like that's, that's been one of those things that his, uh, in my opinion, that his, his weighted the team down is that just, you know, you only can, you can only ask Sid and, uh, and, and, and Jake to do so much, you know, like yeah. you, you need, you need those guys. Now, is it about scoring? No, it's nice if they can chip in, but you got to have guys to be able to go out there that, you know, can do the, the kill the, the penalty killing, but also can change the momentum in a hockey game. Like they can go out there and have some good territorial time out there. And, and uh, so again, that, that comes with being able to adapt to it. You got to have players that are players got to do two things. Chris doesn't matter if you're Sid or, you know, you're, you know, you're a fourth line guy or a seventh defenseman. You got to do two things. One, you got to accept, you got to accept your role. And two, you got to go out there and execute it. End of story. It's all about the big picture. And when you've had success like the Penguins have with the core guys that they've had, it's only about one thing. And it's been a while since they've been able to really get close and uh, and, and make a run at the Stanley Cup. So what do you think uh, Kyle Dubas's first priority could could be or should be this offseason? Because Tristan Jari is a free agent. Um, he, he, you know, Kyle has shown that he may have a propensity for going with more of a goalie tandem than just a single guy, but well, Tristan just find Jari. a guy that's going to be able to stay healthy and stop. Well, that, I, I mean, that's, I mean yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not, I, again, I'm sorry for cutting you off, but I mean, no, that, it's, that's exactly me, what the problem is. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. You know, so, and, and, 
and uh, and having you know talked with the past regime, uh, you know, and having conversations with Sully when we would do you know Penguin games, uh, you know, on TNT. Um, you know, look, I, just you, when you dissect, you know, I like to think that I can dissect coach speak as well as anybody. Uh, you know that that's that that's a huge you know that that's a huge part of it, and that also as a player is when you can play on your toes and you're not, you know, thinking about, okay, well, geez, if I, if I pinch in here, and again, this is processed all in a split second, but right. You know, if I, if I try to keep a puck in, I give up a two on one, man, eh, there's a pretty good chance. I'm going to pull that thing out of my net and, you know, and then, you know, then all of a sudden we're, you know, playing behind the eight ball, but um, it'll be, you know, look at it. It will be interesting. And, and that's a, that's a big part of it because look, when you look at the teams that in my opinion are on the come, they didn't make the playoffs and that is Ottawa and that is yep. Buffalo. If the last time I checked, I don't think either one of those teams made the playoffs this year. So when you are on the outside looking in, the, the question would be, and I would just assume this, if you're Pittsburgh, you're sitting there going, okay, well, who are we going to knock out? Right. Like who is come, like who is taking a step back and how can we go ahead? And again, it's so close, right? We, we understand that. And then you look at, okay, well, we're one of, I just named two other teams. So we're, we're one of three teams here that think, okay, well, then what two or three teams are taking a step back? Uh, you want to yeah. sit there and go, well, you know, the teams that made it at eight and seven or the bubble teams, okay, maybe Florida takes a step back, you know? Okay, but, but there's a process of elimination here. So yeah. there's a lot of things that, that go on and it's not, even if you're fully healthy and, you know, you find a guy to stop the puck and stay healthy there and Sully pushes all the right buttons and somebody steps up and, and it goes from a eight goal score to a 20 goal score. Um, it's, it's not going to be easy. So, and then you got the contracts and, you know, all those things happening. What are you going to do with Jake moving forward? I mean, these are like, it's uh, you know, Kyle's in a spot. Like he, he wasn't a pressure cooker in, in Toronto. Look, I played in Toronto. I, you know, I have, yeah. Again, before social media and, and all the talk shows and the World Wide Web stuff. But, you know, Kyle's coming into a situation here where, you know, like this, the expectations I, I, that are one thing. And that's to get back into the playoffs. And, you know, it'll be it, 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 he's got his hands full. There's no doubt about it. But um, for them is, uh, like I said, talking about depth and maybe getting a little heavier and trying to manage and figure out the salary cap because you got a big decision coming on Jake and, you know, look at Jake Gensel to me, talk about a lot. I mean, Sully talks about his IQ and, and, and people look at it and go, well, he's playing with Sid. It's not easy to play with Sid. It's not easy no. to play with the best players that have played in the national hockey league for 15 years. Like you, you, he has helped Sid. I don't think there's any doubt about that. My conversations with Sid and the respect that he has for Jake, Jake, Jake Gensel, I'll just say it right now. Jake Gensel is going to be north of a seven million dollar player. Yeah. And look at look at his numbers in the playoffs, Chris. I mean, and add that add that into uh, a decision that has to be made, whether it's in the Berg or somewhere else. Like, what that, do you that, say though, Eddie, to people? And I've had people throw this back at me sure. when we talk about Jake and his his long term potential here in Pittsburgh or anywhere for that matter. That because of his size. He can't. He's not going to be able to last in longer playoff runs in the in the style that we're seeing now in the postseason. I, I, you just I, talked I about know. how heavy it is. I don't no? buy. I don't buy. I don't buy. Well, I mean, you, you can look at 
you could look at a couple of teams that have won here the last couple of years and look at the size of some of their players and mm-hmm. you know look at do you want to have five or six guys in all due in all due respect to Jake Gensel built like him five or six guys that are playing in your top nine no you don't but it's okay if you have guys that uh, that maybe are a little smaller in stature but you do have heaviness around them and it's a different right. look you know instead of instead of facing fastballs, fast, fast, fastballs all the time in, in a three-game series for the Buckos. And how about those Buckos? I all know. I, oh, let me just say this. I, First I place Buckos to you, I, oh, I know that. I, I, know, I know that. I know that. I, I With Doc Emmerich and my brother, oh, yeah. with my brother Ricky, who is a diehard uh, Pirate fan and has been since the, the, the mid-'70s, yeah. uh, and getting a chance to know Sheltie uh, and have a – have a dinner with him in St. Louis a bunch of weeks ago when the Buckos were in St. Louis. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I just think that um, Doc is, Doc is over the moon. So I just, I oh, want to thank sure. Sheltie and the Pirates because my <laughs> conversations were Doc with Doc over the course of the last couple of months have been outstanding. He's in a great mood. Flying high. He tells me they've won seven in a row, and you know, so <laughs> I, I want to thank Sheltie and, and the and the Buckos for for the run that they're on, but. But look at I, to me, I'm I'm all I mean I'm all in on Jake. I, I it okay. is tough to find a guy like that. He can play in any situation for you. His numbers bear out and look at it and go without any question, without any hesitation. He's he's north of a seven million dollar player. And look at all you need is two teams. And if you get two teams, you know how high does he go? And I right. think he has earned that. Now whether it's in the burg or not, I have no idea. Um, but I think that he that's another decision, obviously, in the forefront, um, you know, for Kyle here moving forward. All right. Before I let you run, because I've kept you long enough, I do want to ask one more question about Sid, because you know him. Sure. Um, how much longer do you think he plays? Because I, I increasingly, as he gets older, uh, get Tom Brady style vibes from Sid in that mm-hmm. as long as he's healthy enough and at the top of his game. He's going to want to continue to play, and he wants to continue to play in Pittsburgh. I have, I have no reason to believe he'd want to be anywhere else. Um, so with all that being said, is it is it two more years? He plays out the contract. Is it five? Is it is it 10? Could he play at least 45 again to draw that uh, illusion, uh, that allegory of Tom Brady? Uh, sure. How much longer does Sid play? It's a good question. Uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt that he could play well into his 40s if he, mm-hmm. if he wants, and Whatever Sid wants, uh, you know, we, we should all be, you know, we should be all good with that. And, uh, you know, he's still at such a high level. But, you know, I think for him, it's 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 that help. Right. Like, yeah, just to, you know, last time I checked and I think this is the PC, the, the PC way to say this, because I know everybody is that's the world we live in now is that. Mother and father time are undefeated. Okay. Let's just make that perfectly clear. Um, I, you know, I, I think for him, the health and, uh, you know, the love and just to, to see his body language and to see him in the locker room or just, you know, the way he carries himself and, um, you know, it's just, he, uh, you know, him understanding himself and, and knowing where he is and where he's, you know, where he, you know, where he was and where he is and where he's trying to get to. So, would I be shocked if, uh, you know, if Sid is, uh, you know, hitting, uh, you know, the ripe old age of 40, that young age of 40 and, and going, nah, you know what? Yeah, I, you know, I feel pretty good and I can still be a difference maker, which, you know, the, the, the hands, the head, the eyes. Well, not, not for me anymore because I got like nine pairs of glasses now, but uh, 
you know, that that is always going to be there for Sid because he just breathes a different air, Chris. Right. But even as great and powerful as a skater, the recovery aspect isn't as quick. And for a lot True. of those type of guys, they're not used to that. And, you know, so the legs will be, you know, the legs will be kind of the first to really slow down. He's going to be able to see it. He's, he's going to want to. He's going to want to get there. It's look at, and now I'm talking when I, I mentioned 40, I mean, you know, it may be five years after that. I don't know, but at the end of the day, I, I just believe is that uh, he can be an impactful player in the national hockey league for, for, for at least five more years. And Hey, if he wants to play till he's 45 uh, and I'm still broadcasting, I will uh, take great, uh, I will take great pride in, uh, in, in honor to, uh, to uh, have, have been around him as his coach his first year in the National Hockey League. And then all of a sudden, you know, here we are, you know, so many years later in, you know, 2029 or whatever the year is going to be and, right. and sit there and say, you know, this guy is uh, he's still doing it and still puts uh, fannies in the seat and still representing uh, the city of Pittsburgh. So where's the summer taking Eddie Olchick? Back out to the Pacific Northwest, uh, back home to Chicago, a, a cottage somewhere near a quiet pond, your toes in the <laughs> yeah. sand somewhere. You got to think about no. this. The season's over in the next few days. Yeah, no and no on the uh, sand and the cottage. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite of that. I like yeah. my couch. I like that my television <laughs> can uh, fire up on uh, the horse racing network and, uh, I can fire up my express bed account and I can, you ever wear out an app on your phone? I'm in, I'm in a process oh, yeah. of doing that in a couple of weeks for my <laughs> horse racing. Uh, my love of a passion of uh, pucks and ponies, especially this time of year, but I'll yep. get back to Seattle. Uh, but my, uh, my son, Tommy, who spent mm -hmm. uh, a lot of time in the Berg and uh, uh, you know, played for the Pittsburgh predators, went to CV with my son, Eddie went to Chartiers Valley and yeah, uh, he's getting married at the end of July, so that's pretty much uh, oh, forefront on the, uh, on the docket. And uh, by the way, I don't know if you know this, Chris, but I am a grandfather two times over. I don't know if you know that yet, but Man. yeah, exactly. I know, I know. I have uh, my my granddaughter, uh, Audrey Marie, will be born. Uh, it will is uh, her birthday will be on July seventh, so uh, seven seven. She'll be three years old, and then my namesake, another Eddie Olchek, God forbid. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Olchek will be, my grandson will be two on nine, nine. So my granddaughter was born on seven, seven. Look at that. My grandson was born on nine, nine. And now, uh, my dad, who's still alive, the real Ed Olchek, mm -hmm. me, another Eddie, my son, Eddie, and then his son, Eddie. So we still have a generation of, uh, four Eddie Olchek. So I'm thinking if I do the quick math here, Chris, so maybe, maybe in, uh, 17 years, and we'll do a, a 2040 draft. There Kyle we go. Dubas, Kyle Dubas will select from, uh, you know, from Moose Jaw of the Western Hockey League, uh, Eddie Olchek. <laughs> Edzo the fourth. Yeah, right. There it exactly. is. Yeah. Edzo all different, all different middle names, but all Eddie Olcheks. Yeah, I love it. it. As long as there's Olcheks, there will be Edzos, uh, but yeah. there's only one Eddie Olchek as far as the guy who once coached the Pens and, of course, always has a special part uh, or a special place in Penguins fans' hearts. We appreciate the time today, Edzo. Seriously, thank you very much for making the time in, the, in what is the busiest time of year for you. Again, everybody at TNT, please pass along our regards because you've all done a fantastic job. Uh, but we appreciate you making the time today. Always, Chris. Anytime, man. Great to be with you. And have a good uh, have a good off season for hockey. We will. And, uh, 
we'll look forward and see what the uh, what the Pens do here moving forward prior to the draft and then uh, post draft and then oh yeah, free agency on July one. So hockey's becoming a you know a little uh, maybe a lot like football when almost there really round. there really is no off season. Which you know what for business it's a great thing. Yep, it is for all of us who are fans too as well. Thanks again, Ed. So appreciate it, man. See you, Chris. Thanks. Great stuff from Eddie Olchick, uh, and congratulations again to Edzo on the clean bill of health that he's had for uh, going on five years now after that battle with stage three colon cancer that he mentioned. Um, it's just, it, it's crazy to think where his life and his career have taken him. He mentioned his time with the Maple Leafs up in Toronto, a Stanley Cup championship with the Rangers in 94, which we didn't even get to touch on uh, his history in the horse racing business as well from the broadcast booth to behind the bench for the Penguins at such an incredible inflection point for the franchise right around the time of the big lockout that then led to the Sidney Crosby uh, lottery and then coaching Sid his rookie year and all the crazy additions that were made that offseason. He mentioned them, uh, Palfi, LeClaire, Gonchar, and Gonchar going on to be to help groom Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin to become the Stanley Cup champions they were just a few years later uh, and great stuff from Eddie in regards to his past with the Penguins and in the game and what he thinks the Penguins should move in the direction of going forward. Now under Kyle Dubas, definitely, definitely a big Jake Gensel fan. We got that vibe certainly. So as we talk about perhaps what the Penguins, some of the painful moves uh, the Penguins might have to make if they really truly want to affect some change, you know, we, we've kicked around names on the air when I was on with Joe Starkey the other day, like Rust and Raquel and even Gensel. Well, Eddie Olchick tells you, no, Jake Gensel is far too important to Sidney Crosby, especially at this point in his career, to think about moving on from him. It's more about figuring out how much you're going to have to pay him to keep him around. And as he said there, you can talk about what you want your postseason team to look like and what you want the style of hockey to look like, but if you don't have the goaltending, it's not happening and your goaltending better be healthy. So a big question for Kyle Dubas and the Penguins front office to ask themselves about Tristan Jari between now and July 1st, when free agency opens and if they want to tie themselves to him for any more than another year or so. And does Jari think he can get better on the, on the open market? Just takes one team to create a market, right? Great stuff from Ed. So don't forget, make sure you're subscribed and following Fifth Avenue Faceoff inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to watch the show, uh, YouTube is where you go. Search for 93.7 The Fan, and then click on that not little notification bell. You'll get notified every time there's a new video posted on the 93.7 The Fan YouTube channel, as well as full episodes in video of Fifth Avenue Faceoff. Obviously, with the draft fast approaching now, the end of the season, and free agency right around the corner. We will keep you up to date on everything that's going on once the cup is secured by Vegas or Florida. And then moving forward as Kyle Dubas really has to step on the gas now and get ready for transition this offseason. Keep it locked in right here on 93.7 The Fan and Fifth Avenue Faceoff.